This episode of No Playbook is sponsored by LTT Productions. Like, comment, share, tell your friends, even tell your grandma. Get the word out about LTT and we can watch this thing grow together. This episode of No Playbook is brought to you in partnership with musician Jumbo the Bear God. You can get his new song NDA wherever you get your music and make sure to check out his music video on YouTube filmed by Bonzo Raps and in association with Create the Mood Films. A link to his YouTube page will be linked in the Twitter post and also in the description. Make sure you check him out wherever you get your music and thank you to Jobo for partnering for this podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Smith Media Consulting. For all your audio or video production or for media consulting, contact Smith Media Consulting at 618-294-3399. Again, contact Smith Media Consulting at 618 618- Two nine four three three nine nine. Make sure you stay up to date on everything LTT Productions related. You can follow LTT Productions on Twitter at LTT Productions One. You can also follow the host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pounton, on Twitter as well at Pounton eighteen. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for everything LTT Productions related. Welcome back to the No Playbook podcast. Today we talk about are the Eagles contending for the Super Bowl, the MVP race, and the dumpster fire that are the Steelers and the Colts, right here on No Playbook. What is going on everybody? Welcome back to the No Playbook Podcast, brought to you through the LTT Productions feed. As always, I'm your host, Drew Pounton. Took last week off, but we are back better than ever. Well, my pickums aren't better than ever. I think I had my worst week yet in week three, but bouncing back with week four. So, uh, yeah, let's let's go ahead and take, take a dive into it. There are two 3-0 teams left in the NFL. One of them is the Miami Dolphins. The other is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Dolphins, I don't... It, They're one of those teams, and I can't describe it or put my finger on it. It just feels like they're not there yet. It could be their first-year head coach who has, as far as I know, looked really good. It could be Tua and his arm strength throwing to two of the fastest receivers in the league. It could be a number of different things, but it just, they just don't feel right to me. You know, I know that they went on to beat the Bills. I know they went on to be a depleted Bills team with their whole secondary being out with injuries and all of that. And so when we get to the pecking order, I'll talk a little bit more about that. But the Eagles... We, we talked about this coming into the season, right? How this could easily be a 12-14 to 14 win team, and they're showing you right here. Jalen Hurts playing at an MVP level. Nick Sirianni coaching his life out. You know, like this team has been very good. They, they went on and they spanked the Vikings team that was coming off of the high of beating the Packers, and then they just played the Commanders. And sacked Carson Wentz, I think it was seven or nine times, seven, eight or nine times. I can't remember exactly what it was, but their defensive line is nasty. Their secondary, outside of a cut, their safeties, I'm not a big fan of their safeties, but their corners make up for it. Darius Slay is playing at a all-pro level. Their offensive line is good. Their running backs... Miles Sanders seems like he can never stay healthy, and they have a pretty okay backup, but I'd really like to see them go and address that maybe in free agency or um, in the draft. But Jalen Hurts is a guy. They have good receiver depth. I would, again, like to like for them to get another receiver in there, and we'll talk about that with the Chargers as well. But the league is more offensive than it's ever been. And you can never have too many good receivers. We just saw that again last this past week with the Chargers. No Keenan Allen. And they were throwing to Mike Williams and Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett was 
didn't I don't think he had his fifth year option picked up by the Rams went on to play in Seattle and it looks like he has found a home with the Chargers which is good but Keenan Allen obviously a a great receiver one of the best in the league makes the wheels turn for this passing offense granted Justin Herbert not having his ribs healthy but the Eagles we're not I'm not surprised that they're here I'm really not again Kyler and Eli and I we talked about this coming into the season where they were making these trades and it all depends on Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts is not the problem. I hate to break that to you. Um, Sure, it is only three weeks into the season and he has a great team around him. But do we think that they're going to go out and trade for a quarterback this this upcoming offseason? I think they're going to ride it out with Jalen Hurts unless he severely struggles, but I, I don't see that happening. Coach Sirianni does a great job. They, I think they have a really good run-pass balance. And on top of that, if Jalen Hurts does start to struggle, you can just revert back to last year and be like, okay, until we feel like he's got his confidence back, we're going to become more of that run-heavy offense. So I, I don't see why the Eagles aren't talked about more as a – one of the favorites to win the NFC, right? I mean, the Rams have not looked the best. Tom Brady in the offense of so the Bucks have not looked very good without their offensive line. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are still trying to get healthy, and they don't really have a good number one wide receiver. Checkmark all of those for the Eagles. I mean, they have the receiver depth. They have the offensive line. They have the defense, the secondary, the defensive line, the linebackers. Like, there's no hole on this team. The only, again, hole is Jalen Hurts, and we're still trying to figure out what he is. I personally am a big fan of him, but if you were to put a Aaron Rodgers on this team or a Tom Brady on this team, these are some of the best teams that this that those have, those guys have ever played for. And I know Thomas had good teams before, back with Randy Moss, and Aaron Rodgers had good teams. I think last year was the best team that Rodgers has ever played on. Correct me if I'm wrong, but a little bit more wide receiver depth. But the defense was great. The offensive line was great. I mean, last year's Packers, I think, lose to this year's Eagles. You double dare you, or you dare, uh, excuse me, you double Devontae Adams. What other receiver is scaring you? Robert Tunyon was out all of last year. Now, granted, again, still four weeks into the season coming up uh, to, I guess you're hearing this tonight on Thursday. I'm recording it on Wednesday. But the Eagles will go as far as Jalen Hurts takes them. And right now, it looks like he's taking them to the moon. This episode of No Playbook is brought to you in partnership with musician Jumbo the Bear God. You can get his new song, NDA, wherever you get your music, and make sure to check out his music video on YouTube, filmed by Bonzo Raps and in association with Create the Mood Films. A link to his YouTube page will be linked in the Twitter post and also in the description. Make sure you check him out wherever you get your music, and thank you to Jobo for partnering for this podcast. I want to talk now about some of the quarterbacks in the league that I, I would put on the lower tier of things. Um, honestly, that's about it. I would put as a lower tier starter or a good backup. And I want to start with Mitch Trubisky. Okay. And I like Mitch Trubisky. He's a great person. From everything that I've heard, I've read, I've listened to, he is a great person, a great leader. He just is not that player. And he really has never been. His best season was with Matt Nagy and the Bears whenever everyone thought that they were going to take over the league like the Rams did. And they went, I think, 12-4 and that year and lost on the double doink to, ironically enough, the Eagles, who we were just talking about. But Daniel Jones has surprisingly looked really good this year. Right? I mean, he is super athletic. He knows when to scramble out of the pocket. Yeah, the accuracy is still kind of there, kind of not there. But I think Daniel Jones, don't be, I'm honestly, the way he's playing now, and if he keeps it up or slightly improves, I think he comes back as a starter next year or a backup. You know, I mean, this, I say that as if, as if this isn't a great quarterback draft, but, 
I mean, the Giants have so many holes. Maybe, you know, they get pick 12. And all these quarterbacks are going to be gone and off the board. So maybe they take a, a linebacker or a safety or a cornerback or an offensive lineman or a wide receiver, you know, all the other positions that they need. And they wait and wait and wait until they get a quarterback in maybe the third or fourth round. And then you go into camp with Daniel Jones, who, you know, showed much improvement last year, talking about one year in the future. But if Daniel Jones comes out and he continues to play well, he continues to not turn the ball over, he continues to improve, I think there's a really good chance that he's Mitch Trubisky in a couple years, right? He goes somewhere, he sits on the bench, he's a a backup, and in a couple years we're talking about him like, man, Daniel Jones, he he's been off the bench for a while now, or you know, he's not been a starter. Let's give him another shot, and he gets signed by a team, and you know. I can see Daniel Jones being Mitchell Trubisky in a couple of years. That's all I'm saying, the, the situation-wise. One guy that I like and I have liked for quite a while, Jacoby Brissett. Okay. I've liked him. He was really good in Indianapolis. Um, and he's just a lower-tier starter. I wouldn't even say lower-tier. Right now, Jacoby Brissett, Baker Mayfield. Who are you taking? I mean, the Browns, I'm sure, are taking Jacoby Brissett. He doesn't turn the ball over. There's no drama. I, I I like Jacoby Brissett. I think that he is a low – when I say lower tier, I mean probably in the 20s in the ranks of a quarterback. Or he's a great backup. Like whenever Deshaun comes back and he's backing up Deshaun, he's easily the best backup in the league. There's no question about it. Now with Jimmy G, you can argue um, – but Jimmy G's starting now. You know what I mean? So if Jimmy G was continuing to be the backup for Trey Lance, then that's when we can have the argument. But I can't think of anybody else that I'm really worried about. You know, and I like Jacoby Brissett. Again, he doesn't turn the ball over. Cleveland, I think, is two and one. He he's a good quarterback, you know. He doesn't have the pizzazz. I mean, whenever you're handing off to Nick Chubb and everything like that, you should be good. But we saw it with Baker Mayfield. You know, he just, Jacoby doesn't make mistakes. That is the biggest thing. Whenever you have a backup quarterback in, and granted, I don't know football, you know, as a coach, I'm hoping to get there someday, but whenever you have a backup quarterback in, you just tell him, do not make mistakes. And with Jacoby Brissett playing up until week, I think it's 11, you know, like Jacoby Brissett is putting Cleveland in a great situation to where when Deshaun does come back, they're going to be what I think I think he comes back week 11 or week 12 because I know there's a buy in there. So through he's suspended 11 games. So yeah, they would have played 11 games. He's putting them in a situation to be 7 and 4 or around there whenever Deshaun comes back. He is. Also Miles Garrett was in a car accident. I've heard nothing about him being in bad shape. I've heard that he is, you know, healthy and the passenger was healthy. So thank goodness for that. But as far as the Browns in general, seven and four, what? Six and five. I think six and five is probably the worst record out of everything that you could ask for. And still, that gives you a chance with Deshaun to come back. And compete for a wild card spot or be in the playoffs. Deshaun would be kind of kicking off of his rust right around playoff time. And if they're in, who knows what the Browns are going to look like? You know, I've been kind of high on the Browns with Deshaun for a while now. And I just, I feel like this would be the year. This year or next year. I think next year they can go out and get a little bit more receiver depth and come back better than ever, especially with Deshaun starting. I honestly don't know if Jacoby Brissett is not going to be a starter in the league come next year. If he continues to play well, I guarantee you Pittsburgh is all over that man. Especially if they're not going to start Kenny Pickett. And speaking of the Steelers, great transition, Drew. What are they doing? I'm sick and tired of Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. Hey, we don't have a losing record. Cool. You don't have a starting quarterback either or a pass rush or a good offensive line. Do you want me to keep going? Okay? I don't care about you never having a losing season or not. 
What their problem is now is that they're trying to be not bad. They're not trying to go out and compete. Well, that's not what I mean. They're trying to just be content. Okay? And I say I talk about this all the time that they don't make moves to try to take the next step. They don't to go to the next level. They make moves good enough to be good enough. I have been arguing this for a while now. Throw Kenny Pickett in there. You know what you have with him. This is the draft for him to be bad, and then you get a good draft pick. You draft another quarterback. Remember when we were all talking about that with Tua? Oh, the Dolphins are going to take another quarterback. The Dolphins are going to take another quarterback. Yeah, Tua isn't great, but he's nowhere near that bad. I wish that they would throw Pickett out there. I want to see what they have. I want to see them not care about Mike Tomlin and his stupid never-having-losing-season record. I do. Because, yeah, that's a great accomplishment, and you can go with that. But he has, what, one Super Bowl? Starting to feel like Aaron Rodgers, buddy. Aaron Rodgers, great in the regular season, one Super Bowl. Mike Tomlin, never had a losing season, one Super Bowl. You can't retool if you're not good at drafting because you always have a late draft pick. So go out there, be bad. You're already terrible defensively without T.J. Watt. So go out there, throw Kenny Pickett out there, be a bad, or let Kenny let Kenny Pickett show the world that you, you drafted him at 20 for a reason. Go on. I don't know what they're waiting for. This isn't a situation like, you know, what Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo could have been where Bill Belichick was like, okay, Tom's getting ready to retire. Let's draft his backup. No, they this is like Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. But there was no secret behind Andy Dalton, or there was no secret behind Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers. The fact that he was surprised that they took a quarterback was surprising to me because, you know, how can you be that naive? How do you not see it? And I understand if you don't look at social media, but, you know, like it feels pretty obvious that even if Ken, even if Mitch Trubisky would have came out here and been halfway good or just good in general, Kenny Pickett's right there waiting for him. The fans in Pittsburgh are crying for, A, Matt Canada to be fired, and B, for Kenny Pickett to start. Because why? Because they want to see what they have. So go ahead. Keep Rubbing it in my face. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. I do not care. I care about the Steelers getting back to being a competent team. Because right now, they have the worst team in that division. I'm taking Baltimore. I'm taking Cincinnati. And I'm taking Cleveland over Pittsburgh in a heartbeat. You know who I would take off of Pittsburgh? T.J. Watt. Deontay Johnson, maybe. George Pickens, maybe. Minka Fitzpatrick. Cam Hayward. That's it. From Baltimore, I'm taking... Marlon Humphrey taking Lamar Jackson. J.K. Dobbins, whenever he wasn't hurt, has looked good. Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Williams, who they just acquired. Calais Campbell. I mean, that's like six or seven players that I just listed for you. And I'm giving you maybes on George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Come on, Pittsburgh, be better. Be the organization of old where winning was key. Don't go out there and just try to be good enough. Because if it does come down to where they're 8-8 eight and eight going into week 17 and they lose, I'm going to I'm gonna hype, I'm gonna jump on them more than what, you know, and I'm some random person, but I'm going to jump on them more than anybody else. Because I'm saying this, I've said this week one, week two, and now week four. Throw Kenny Pickett out there, suck for one 
season, get a good draft pick, draft a new quarterback, a offensive lineman, a defensive lineman that isn't T.J. Watt or Cam Hayward. Draft somebody that is actually going to make a what a contribution to your team. This episode of No Playbook is sponsored by LTT Productions. Like, comment, share, tell your friends, even tell your grandma. Get the word out about LTT and we can watch this thing grow together. Man, it feels good to be on this side of things, you know? Like, I'll, we'll get to me not being on the side of things in game picks, but the Colts are 1-2, and two, and they were – or no, wait, excuse me. They're what, 1-1-1, one, one, and one, right? Because week one they tied with the Texans. Week two they got embarrassed by Jacksonville, and week three they miraculously beat the Chiefs. So, yeah, 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Frank Wright starts seasons so terribly. It's – I don't understand it. The meshing and, you know, I, I, I don't, don't understand this. He has started, I think, 0-4 or 1-3. They could very easily be 1-3 right now. Actually, they can't mathematically, Drew, thank you. They could easily be 1-2 right now going into week three, and we'll get to their pick later, but I don't even remember who they play. They play the Titans. So yeah, they could easily be sitting at one and two, or come next week one and three, and then what? What are you gonna do? This has been a trend for you. I don't think they're gonna fire Frank Reich mid-season because they know what happens. He comes back and they go on a four-game winning streak or win five of six or five of seven, and they're competing for the wild card. Or, I mean, Jacksonville is winning that division right now. Jacksonville. I mean, Houston is oh. What o two and one, and then the Titans are I think one and two, and then the Colts are one one and one. Jacksonville's two and one, with a dominant win over the Chargers, coming off of the greatest win probably in the past ten years. Well, scratch that, four or five years since their playoff run that almost ended in them winning a Super Bowl or getting to a Super Bowl. But I I think that this win is more impressive than the one in Indianapolis last year. Or against against these Colts. Jacksonville dominated Justin Herbert and the Chargers. And then Jacksonville dominated the Colts. So Colts, what are you going to do about this? You going to wait till the end of the season? Say, man, we tried it again with a quarterback that is on the verge of retirement. I mean, Phillip Rivers literally, literally retired with the Colts. If Matt Ryan goes out and he's subpar, probably going to retire or just stay for the money. Who was even their quarterback last year? Carson Wentz. Had hope in Carson Wentz. He's now in Washington. And week one, he looked really good. Hasn't looked very good here recently, so I guess you made the right decision there. But still, Frank Reich, Indianapolis, get it together also. Yes, coaching is I, I'm probably undoubtedly hard. But whenever you have, again, one of the best defenses in the league, one of the best offensive linemen in the league, one of the best running backs in the league, top two running back in all of football he's probably one I mean not this year coming into the year he's probably number one not this year they don't use him they want to rely on 30 3900 year old Matt Ryan in his arm because then they get down big and then they have to throw because they don't do what the Colts do best Control the clock. Rely on your defense. Win low-scoring games. Feed Jonathan Taylor. I mean, not to bring fantasy into this, but there's a reason Jonathan Taylor went number one in almost every fantasy league. Because he is a great running back. He got a lot of touches last year whenever he broke out. So I think Frank Wright has a... 
midlife crisis moment right now and has forgotten what they did so well last year. Because I can tell you now, it wasn't throw the football because Carson Wentz was so terrible. doesn't look like it's Carson Wentz's fault anymore, does it? Make sure you stay up to date on everything LTT Productions related. You can follow LTT Productions on Twitter at LTT Productions 1. You can also follow the host of the No Playbook podcast, Drew Pounton, on Twitter as well, at Pounton18. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter for everything LTT Productions related. I want to talk a little bit about the MVP race. Before the season started... I had Josh Allen, along with a lot of other people, winning the MVP. But I don't think he's leading it right now. Number one, and we'll just do MVP. Number one in my MVP race, Lamar Jackson. I have the stats right here for you. Lamar right now, 749 passing yards, 10 touchdowns, which leads the NFL to two interceptions. Rushing-wise, 26 rushes, 243 yards, and two touchdowns. And Baltimore has played well outside of losing to Miami, collapsing against Miami. Baltimore has looked good. They've played well. They played well against Miami for three and a half quarters, and they were leading Miami. And then Tua and Tyreek and Jalen Waddle and all came back, and they stole a win. Uh, number two, I have Josh Allen, um, 1,014 passing yards, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, I included the rushing stats in here because it was kind of a key part to why Lamar was leading my case. Uh, but Josh Allen, 19 rushes, 113 yards, and one touchdown. He has also played really well this year. Um, just, you know, there's really – I can't really even say anything else that he's played phenomenal. And their only loss has come because of a depleted secondary, and them going against you know one of the the one of the best one-two punches of wide receivers in the league. And fourth, I don't know if this is going to surprise anybody. I have Jalen Hurts, um, nine hundred and sixteen passing yards, four touchdowns, one interception, thirty-seven rushes, one hundred and sixty-seven yards, and three touchdowns. His stats are kind of in between Allen and. Um, Jackson, he just doesn't do, I mean, passing yards-wise, they look great. Um, But he's, and and passing yards, he's above Lamar but below Josh. And rushing-wise, he's above Josh and below Lamar. So he can just do, you know, he's a lot like Lamar. Um, But I, I just have him third in my MVP voting right now. You know, if this they were to take MVP votes right now and I somehow got a vote, my vote would be going to Lamar Jackson just based off of what all he's done and heck, might even comeback player of the year maybe. All right. So I want to talk about my fantasy lineup. Um, caught my first L of the year last week. Um I mean, just a lot of misses on my part. Um, I'll go through. We'll kind of do positions uh, for both of them. So I played Eli, who you, who you know. Um, I had Lamar. He went for almost 40 points. He had Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes went for 17. I started Darrell Henderson because he's been getting a lot of the touches, even though that has kind of dwindled down. Um, he has DeAndre Swift who got hurt. So Henderson gave me just shy of under two points. Swift gave him seven. I had Travis Etienne. He had David Montgomery who also got injured. So Etienne gave me ten and a half and David Montgomery gave him just over one. My number one pick, Justin Jefferson, has not played very well these past two weeks. He got me ten points last week um, and he only got me four this week. Jamar Chase, for him, had almost 13. Debo Samuel, who I had a chance to win this game. So I lost 126.88 to 123.90. And I had Debo Samuel going in to 
uh, Monday night football, and I was, you know, down 12 points. So I had um, 111 points, something like that. And so I had Debo going into that game, and he had a great first half. Okay, Debo had a really good first half, and then you know they just kind of threw it all away. They're, the screen pass to Debo Samuel that Jimmy G overthrew, I'm pretty sure would have won me my my game this week, but it is what it is. Um, again, Debo got me 12.90 points, almost 13. Michael Pittman got him 15. Uh, with no Dalton, Dalton Schultz, um, Schultz and the Cowboys played on Sunday night, so I went with Goddard uh, just you know for Schultz being injured. Goddard got me 11.5 he has Hawkinson. It got him almost 11. Michael Thomas, um, he had almost 10 for me. He has Amonra St. Brown, which has been the pickup of a century. He got him pretty late in the draft. He's put up 20 points and 40 points, and then this week he gave him 13. Um, Darnell Mooney, I started Darnell Mooney against Houston. was a, a mistake again. Um, I don't know if I'll make that mistake again for a while. So Mooney gave me four points. Mike Williams gave him eight. Trevor Lawrence was one of my best starts, and I'm going to keep starting him. Trevor Lawrence gave me 15, and his other super flex was Jalen Hurts, who gave him 27.5. And And then I started the Bills defense, who, of course, lost to Miami. And then he started the Ravens defense, who beat New England 37-26. Some things I could have done to change maybe the outcome. I picked up Curtis Samuel, and I didn't start him because um, they were playing Philly. So Samuel had 13 points. I put him in there for either Thomas or Mooney, and, you know, those are more points. Tony Pollard and Cam Akers uh, also had more points out of my, um, you know, off of my bench than Darrell Henderson did. So there's a couple things that I could have cleaned up and done to win, but I didn't. Now, looking ahead to this week, um, Chargers, not Chargers, Bengals and Dolphins play again. I'm releasing this on Thursday, so they play tonight, but I'm recording it on Wednesday. So I'm playing, um, we'll we'll do the same thing. My starting quarterback, Lamar Jackson, um, going against Buffalo. I think that you know, Lamar is going to ball out, especially on a depleted secondary for Buffalo. Um, I think Lamar is going to have a good game. He's got Aaron Rodgers, who is going against New England. I have made the adjustment, um, and we'll get down here a little further. I have brought up Tony Tony Pollard from the bench to replace Darrell Henderson. Uh, He has Christian McCaffrey, and McCaffrey just went, on um, the injured list. He hasn't been ruled in or out yet, but his name popped up there today. Brees Hall, I brought up for my taxi squad. Um, and he's going to be my new running back too. He's produced really well off the bench. I'm just trying to keep him saved, but I think now I need him. Um, again, in week one, he had 10 points. Week two, he had 13. and week three, he had 15, so... Justin Jefferson, obviously my number one pick. I'm not going to bench him no matter what. Um, Debo Samuel, they play against Los Angeles. Um, they always have a tough time guarding Debo, so I'm expecting a big game, big game from Debo. I'm keeping Dallas Goddard in there because they are playing Jacksonville, plus Dalton Schultz still is questionable. Um, maybe a little bit closer to game time if Dalton Schultz is a go. I'll give him the nod because they're playing Washington. Uh, Michael Thomas is in... As one of my wide receivers, Curtis Samuel, I have moved up as my other receiver. Trevor Lawrence is in as my super flex, and the Broncos defense, the Broncos play the Raiders. Uh, On my bench, Tom Brady still um, waiting to flip him to someone that is going to contend or think that they're going to contend. So I'll be waiting for that. I really want to sell him low, you know, just give me a third-round pick and he's yours. I don't want anything too crazy. Uh, Zach Wilson, who is finally healthy, um, he came off of IR this week and is set to start. So we'll see. We'll monitor that. Darrell Henderson and Cam Akers, um, whichever one of them doesn't 
get a majority of the touches will most likely be dropped. Uh, Travis Etienne, you know, I made a very stupid trade in the beginning of the year. I traded away Saquon and Christian Kirk, and Saquon's having a resurgence, and Christian Kirk has been really good. So, the two reasons I drafted the uh, the reasons I drafted those players are the reasons they're doing really well. I picked up Ramondre Stevenson off of waivers. He had a good week, but I'm afraid to start him just because with the Patriot running backs, you never know who's really gonna get. Um, you know, the touches. So if Stevenson has another good week this week and it, you know, cost me, then, you know, I'll start him. But he had four points and six points in week one and two. And then last week he had 20. I was kind of watching that Baltimore game and he had a couple good runs. Um, I still have Odell Beckham waiting for him to sign somewhere, anywhere. Uh, Hunter Renfro, who I am trying to sell, um, just hasn't been as productive as what I thought. Josh McDaniels hasn't been as good as what most people thought. Darnell Mooney, I'm not getting rid of him, him and Justin Fields. You know, this is a dynasty league, so, um, not selling Darnell Mooney's stock. Um, actually I'll buy it just because I think that eventually whenever Chicago gets right, that he'll be a stud. Again, Dalton Schultz could easily see some, uh, starting play this week. And then the Buffalo Bills defense I have down here just because I think um, if their secondary isn't good, isn't healthy, I won't start them. But if their secondary kind of creeps up in here, I don't know. I still might not start them just because Lamar giving me points is taking away points from my defense. So I think I, I think Buffalo defense will kind of sit, sit, the, this, sit this one out. On my IR, I still have Justin Ross, the Kansas City Chief wide receiver. Um, I don't really have anybody on IR. So um, if someone significant does come up on IR, then I will um, work around that and move him to my taxi squad. But I think he'll be good for the Chiefs whenever he is uh, on the field. My taxi squad. So I had an extra taxi squad um, slot open up whenever I dropped or whenever I picked up Brees Hall to my, I guess, quote-unquote, active roster. So I went out and saw Romeo Dobbs on waiver wires, and I got him. He had eight points week one, four points week two, and then had a really good week three with 21. So he'll be down there, and of course, unless I need him or he starts to prove to what he's, unless he starts to prove um, he doesn't need to be down there, he needs to be starting, he'll probably stay down there. Um, still have Isaiah Likely. Uh, the Baltimore Raven tight end. Um, he's really good. Everything that I've heard, he's really good. Uh, but still just playing, kind of playing second fiddle to uh, Mark Andrews, as most tight ends would. Uh, but I'll, I'm keeping him on there just because as soon as, you know, he's healthy, is, or, uh, as soon as I drop him or something, uh, Mark Andrews will go down, knock on wood, or, you know, something like that, which would improve his role. And then I still have James Cook, although he's – been okay he had eight points last week five points in week two and then negative two points in week one of course he had I think two fumbles in that game as well so yeah that's a look at my fantasy lineup I'm projected to um, lose 142 to 154 but I don't think I've been projected to win maybe I was projected to win week one um You know, so uh, I did lose out on Chris Godwin on waiver wires. We had somebody drop him. Um, So, yeah, I picked up. I tried to pick him up, and just waivers didn't let that happen. So it is what it is. I have made yet another trade attempt to Braden. Um, he lost Trey Lance to a season-ending surgery. So uh, I want Christian Kirk back. So I offered Tom Brady and Hunter Renfro for Christian Kirk and a third-round pick. So we'll see about that. Um, from what I've been told, he doesn't really want Tom Brady just because of the fact that he's old and he's looking for a future asset. But, again, I'm keeping Brady um, until someone you know needs him because there is going to be a team or somebody that goes down and, you know, they need them. So, um, currently in my division, I am 
second, I'm two and one. The guy who was first is also two and one, but that's who I just lost to. So, um, yeah, I dropped Marquez Valdez Scantley and Kadarius Tony to make all of that stuff matter. But whenever we come back, we will have the no playbook pecking order. Stay tuned. This episode of No Playbook is brought to you in partnership with musician Jumbo the Bear God. You can get his new song, NDA, wherever you get your music, and make sure to check out his music video on YouTube, filmed by Bonzo Raps and in association with Create the Mood Films. A link to his YouTube page will be linked in the Twitter post and also in the description. Make sure you check him out wherever you get your music, and thank you to Jobo for partnering for this podcast. Time now for that no playbook pecking order. Give me that. Number 10, I have Cleveland. Again, a great team waiting for Deshaun to get back. Jacoby Brissett has done really well. Um, There's nothing else I can really say. They've played really good. They've played some good competition, and they've come out victorious. Number 9, I have Jacksonville, believe it or not, um, beating two good teams. They beat the Colts, embarrassed two good teams, I should say. Uh, They beat the Colts, and they beat the – they just beat the Chargers. I can't remember who they lost to, but – Jacksonville's playing really well. Doug Peterson seems to be um, the answer, a head coach for them. So I got Jacksonville at number nine. I have Tampa at eight just because Tom Brady and that offense have not looked good without a good number two wide receiver. Well, granted, last week they didn't have any of their top three receivers. Um, Godwin was hurt, Julio was hurt, and then Mike Evans was suspended. So I have Tampa Bay at eight, just waiting for them to get healthy. I'm sure that they will rise. At seven, I have Baltimore. Tough loss a couple weeks ago to uh, the Dolphins, but they bounced back against the Patriots. Um, you know, MVP Lamar Jackson, baby. Number six, I have the Rams. Um, they just find ways to win. They have played terrible over these past couple weeks, but they are 2-0. and uh, Jalen Ramsey had a great, great, great uh comeback game i mean their secondary is so depleted uh ramsey just kind of said here hop on my back and uh he did a really good job number five i have the chiefs after losing to the colts they dropped down a couple slots um nothing to be said outside of just um i'm sure that they'll get back up there i just have a couple teams that have one above them uh the packers their defense that's about it um if Romeo Dobbs or Christian Watson can prove to be a dominant, or not even a dominant, just a wide receiver one, um, then I think that they can be serious contender the contenders this year because that's the only thing that they're missing. Jair Alexander is hurt again, um, but I hope that he comes back quickly. But, yeah, I mean, they're missing a wide receiver. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, that good offensive line that is starting to finally get healthy, Bakhtiari played some uh, minute or some uh, some drives last week. Was in there, I think. Ike played four or five drives. So um, the Packers finally starting to get healthy. Just need that wide receiver again. I would really like to see them be aggressive because if they can get a good wide receiver or a couple of better wide receivers than what they have, I think this is, could be a year for them to compete. Number three, the Dolphins. Again, it just they they there's something that feels off to me. I think that Tyreek Hill is going to have a great game because Eli Apple said some something. I think around a couple months ago, around the time that the Bengals were in the playoffs, and uh, actually I think it's after the Bengals beat the Chiefs and Eli Apple said something. And Tyreek Hill has been waiting for this game, so I'm expecting a big game out of Tyreek Hill, or at least as big of a game as Tua will will let him have. Number two, I have the Eagles, um, one of the best rosters in the league. Um, again, if you give this team Josh Allen or um, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and you know any almost any of the quarterbacks on this list, I think that they are better. I think Jalen Hurts. Again, I like Jalen Hurts. Still, just kind of waiting to see what all happens you know seeing to waiting to see what he turns into be and what he can uh can accomplish and number one i have the bills who are two and one now that they lost to the dolphins but again their secondary was so banged up going against 
uh, one of the best wide receiver duos in the league. Uh, I'm not worried at all. Buffalo is still and should be the Super Bowl favorite, but I think the only reason that they lost that game against Miami was how bad their secondary was, or uh, not bad, how uh, empty it was, I should say. And it's time now to almost wrap up, but before we do, we will go over my picks for week four. Um, going to talk a little bit about my week three picks as well. Currently, I am 22 and 26. I went eight and eight week one and week three, and then I went six and 10 in week number two. So we'll go over my picks for week three. And then we'll go over my week four picks and talk a little bit more about my week four picks. Um, I had the Browns over the Steelers. I had the Saints over the Panthers. The Saints lost. I had the Bears over the Texans. I had the Chiefs over the Colts and the Bills over the Dolphins. Lost both of those. I had the Vikings over the Lions. Um, I had the Ravens over the Patriots. Uh, China, remember who the Bengals played, but I had them winning. I had the Raiders over the Titans, so that's a loss. I had the Eagles over the Commanders. I like Jacksonville, but I would have had the Chargers over Jacksonville, uh, so that's a loss. I had the Rams over the Cardinals. I had the Falcons over the Seahawks, and I had three straight losses here. I would have had the Bucks over the Packers, the 49ers over the Broncos, and the Giants over the Cowboys, which gives me eight wins and eight losses. So, again, 22 and 26, looking to go over 500 this week. Still yet to do it on the young season, but this could be a good week for it. Um, so, let's get started. Week four starts tonight as the Dolphins kick off the Bengals. Um, I'll take the Dolphins 27 to 20. The defensive line for the Dolphins um, is not terrible, but I think that until – Cincinnati shows me a reason to believe in that offensive line. I'm not going to. Vikings at the Saints gave me the Vikings 17 to 10 in an NFC. Uh, I think what was it a champ? No, it wasn't the championship. It was like the the divisional or something like that. Um, with Stephon Diggs making that catch. Browns at the Falcons gave me the Browns 24 to 14. The Bills at the Ravens. This is going to be a fantastic game. Um, if healthy-ish, like if. A couple of the corners come back for Baltimore or for uh, Buffalo. Give me Buffalo 35 to 30. If the Bills are not really that healthy or they don't really see somebody come back to help make a difference, I'll take the Ravens 30 to 20. Commanders at the Cowboys. Um, Dak, I've heard. Things about him possibly coming back this week. If not this week, then definitely next week. So with Dak, I'll take the Cowboys. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, sorry. Um, again, I've heard things about Dak coming back this week. So with Dak, I'll take the Cowboys 24-20. to And without Dak, give me the Commanders 24-20. to So Seahawks at the Lions. I have the Lions winning that one 30-14. to Chargers at the Texans give me the Chargers 35 to 7 coming off an embarrassing loss against Jacksonville. They should be ready to take out their all of their anger against the Texans and who's going to stop them. Titans at the Colts give me the Colts 14 to 10 to subpar offenses. Chicago at the Giants give me Chicago 20 and 17 or 20 to 17 that would boost Chicago to 3 and 1 I believe. Um they just have a slew of good running backs. Khalil Herbert is also very good. Not quite as good as David Montgomery, but, I mean, he's definitely a very good good and capable backup. Um, Jaguars at the Eagles. Give me the Eagles 27-14. to 14. Um, Again, I really do like Jacksonville. And if they can keep this game close, <clears throat> I think that will be a win for them. But outside of that, I don't really – I think this one's going to be too bad of a game, but I don't think it's going to be close. I think Jacksonville just kind of hangs around. Um, Jets at the Steelers. Give me the Steelers 17-14. to I think Mika Fitzpatrick goes crazy again. I don't know what's giving me that feeling, but I think I think Mika goes, uh, goes crazy this game. Cardinals at the Panther, Pan, 
Cardinals at the Panthers. Give me the Cardinals. Um, Modern Warfare 2 remastered. Um, whatever came out last week, so that's why they lost, I guess. I don't know if that's a running joke or that's serious, but either way, Cardinals bounce back against Baker Mayfield and the Panthers, 20-17. to Patriots at the Packers, no Mac Jones, no touchdowns. Uh, give me the Packers, 30-0. to Broncos at the Raiders, give me the Broncos, 21-17. to um, Hopefully this is the week that Russ can, I guess, cook. I hate that they're trying to turn Russ into something he's not. Nathaniel Hackett is turning Russ into something he's not, and their offense is struggling because of it. Russ has never been a – he's a good pocket passer, but he his main ability is the ability to, to you know, roll out and make these stupid, hard, crazy passes or to take off. And you saw it a little bit um, last week against the 49ers, which was really a big part of why they won. But um, if Nathaniel Hackett can – loosen a leash on Russell Wilson. I don't know why you have a leash on Russell Wilson, but if he can kind of give Russ some leeway, I think this Broncos offense can be good. So uh, let's ride. Chiefs at the Bucks. Give me the Chiefs 27-24. to I think Chris Jones has a big game here. The interior of the offensive line for the Bucks has not been very good, um, and especially if it's just Mike Evans out there. So give me the Chiefs 27 to 24. Rams at the 49ers and Jimmy G's back. So that means no win for the Rams. Give me the 49ers 20 to 14 on Monday night. Again, that the defense for the Bills or the 49ers is going to be crazy. Um, I think this could be a even bigger blowout than what I have down. So uh, the depleted offensive line of the Rams, Nick Bosa. That's that's about it. I think Eric Armstead might be back. He might not be. Um, but I think the 49ers take care of L.A. And I think that is going to take care of our podcast. Thank you, of course, as always, for listening. Love putting these out for you guys around an hour. So thank you for listening to the whole thing. Shout out to my dad. He always sends me messages. I actually have some water this week. So mouth's not as dry, but... As always, you've been listening to the No Playbook Podcast on the LTT Productions feed. This is Drew Pounton signing off.